Hello. Welcome back to Tuna Boots, the boot that you can tune. Tuna Boots. Uh, hi everybody, how you doing? Uh, Dougal solo episode this week, as teased on last week's Kraken episode, courtesy of Jim. So, let's get down to business. First off, I would like to give you my album recommendation this week, which is Reverend and the Maker's new album, Heatwave in the Cold North. I don't think I've done it before, so I'm going to do it now, because um, I don't think we've recorded since it's came out. If I did, apologies, but I don't think I have. So yeah, that's it. Um, Heatwave in the Cold North is um, a good song or a letter to my 21-year-old self, if you'd like to. And yeah, that's it. Some music. Now, sponsor this week. Uh, we have something very um, special this week. We have Nick Knoll's Nitrogen Fueled Holes. And this is uh, Nick Knoll, not to be confused with Nick Nolte, um, who basically infuses holes with nitrogen so that chili plants can grow well in them. Because chili plants really do need good nitrogen so, yeah that's it that's literally it um so this week i'm gonna do something a little bit different um as jim told you in the last episode or teased um we i have spent the last week in hell it literal hell um i have recorded i i haven't recorded anything don't know what i'm saying i'm a bit manic at the moment i've worked uh pretty much every day for the past two weeks and i'm trying to pack to go on holiday um i have one night to pack redraft a script and record this and maybe record the next episode but i think that's gonna have to wait so <laughs> yeah um it's all going uh, going a little bit south at the moment and I don't know, I don't know what what I can do to help myself here. Um, so I'm going to talk about a traumatic experience for a week. I was left with only one ten song playlist to listen to. Uh, I asked the boys to give me a ten song playlist, and that was the only thing I was allowed to listen to for a week. Do you want to hear the songs on them? I certainly want to tell you them. So to start off, we had Mustafa by Queen. Then we had A La Plage by Junior. Then we had Walk Like a Panther by The All-Seeing Eye. Next, we had In the Afternoon by MGMT. Then we had Nothing Matters by The Last Dinner Party. Next up was King Kunta by Kendrick Lamar. Then we had Time After Time by Cyndi Lauper. Next up, we have No One Is Ever Going To Want Me by Giles Corey. Uh, then we had Bonazoid Death Grip by Biffy Clyro. And then finally, Narcisse by Film Noir. They were the 10 songs, were the, they were the only things I was allowed to listen to. Anytime I would wear headphones to listen to music, I had to play these 10 songs. Uh, if I was in the house and wanted to pick up a guitar, I would have had to play one of those songs. I just avoided the guitar for a week. If I was going to put on a record, instead I'd have to put on these songs. Um, I listened to this playlist 26 times in the space of seven days. Now, 26 times equates to 1,092 minutes, which is about just over 18 hours of listening to this song in the two weeks. I listened to it on the way to work, on the way back to work, uh, from work, on my way going to the shops, going through shops, all that. Um, and I walk everywhere. So it was uh, it was a lot. What I'll do 
is I'll sort of go through each song and then I'll describe and um, give you a general lowdown of how I feel. Or will I describe, no, you know what, I'm going to go day by day. Because um, I made notes every day. And every day I made a note of my favourite song, my least favourite song, a track that maybe surprised me. Uh, that was day one, I only did that, I didn't do it any other days. Then my favourite moment um, and the most forgettable track. And then I did little things each uh, day just to spice it up and make it a bit interesting and try and give you the lowdown of this. Now if you're listening to this at home and thinking, I could do this, my big thing would say, don't. By day three, I started having really dark days where the idea, when I woke up, the idea of going to work is painful enough. The idea of going to work and knowing that my hour before I need to speak to anyone, I have to listen to the same fucking 10 songs, was, it put me in dire straits pretty quickly. It was, uh, it was not good. I was in random bad moods. I fell out with my partner. I fell out with the people at work. I fell out with everyone I've ever loved and ever will love. And it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was shocking. Uh, the only day I actually enjoyed it was probably the last day because I had an, the exact moment I knew when I'd finish. And the second I finished, I put on the Calio song, Hey Gringo, and then put on the Mauritian Badminton Champion, Doubles Champion by Hamish Hawk. And my ears experienced goosebumps, which was incredibly strange as I actually listened to something that wasn't, the boring shit that I had for the for the last seven days, basically. Um, so day one was just my first day listening to them, judging it. I remember when I got to about song four or five on the first day, I, I started not being happy with Jim and Liam because the songs were in no way interesting enough to have repeated listens for that long. It was, there was not, there's not enough musical merit in them to yeah to give it give it any sort of credence so day one i had my favorite song was um nothing matters by the last dinner party it's a cracking tune i still like it um interesting female vocals it's got like a really it starts almost like a bit of musical theater and then goes into almost like a a naughty's female singer, Marina and the Diamond style sort of thing, and I really enjoyed that. My least favourite track was Giles Corey's um, elongated piece of shit. Because um, it was just, no one is ever going to want me, because it was just, it's eight minutes long. Um, to give you to give you that sort of like, in you know, in the facts, because we all know we love a fact. Um, that that is two hundred and eight minutes or three three and uh, three quarter three hours three hours and forty five minutes of listening to that song. Uh, day one, I hated it, so you can only imagine the uh, the torture I was going through by day seven. It's like it's it's so repetitive, and there's nothing actually interesting in it. And it just makes you sad when it starts knowing that there's eight minutes. I started later on, and I said I wouldn't, I'd go through day by day, but I started later on just trying to either finish, like make sure I finished a walk or something halfway through the song so I could split into two, or just um, like challenging myself for how quickly I could do something in the eight minutes, so how quickly I could walk from St. Andrew's Square down to my work or something like that. 
Um, and yeah, it, it's ironic that I'm getting to speak about that at the eight minute mark of this podcast. What have you been able to do from the start of this podcast to now? Because that's basically what I've just, me just speaking for the last wee bit, that's what I was subjected to, but it was just the same two notes. Um, it, it may be more interesting than this, but still. Uh, the surprising track was King Kunta by Kendrick Lamar. I'm not a big rap fan, but I want to listen to more Kenny Lamb after that. I thought it was really, really good and really interesting and really funny. Um, but I'll get to that in a bit. Well, I'll get to it now. My favourite moment from the first day's listening was in uh, King Kunta. There's a wee wobbly bell sound. It's like, and it's not like that at all. <laughs> that was horrible. Uh, that I just, it's just fucking brilliant. As well as the female vocal backing vocals on it, because they're so funny. I don't know what what the yams means. I haven't looked up anything. I was gonna look stuff up. I didn't. Um, but it's just when you get what's the yams and stuff like that. It's just so weird. It's not even my favourite part of the song now. I found an orbit that I really enjoyed, but. That was the first day I, I was pissing myself laughing to that. Because then it goes on to like Kendrick Lamar's quite angry rap after it. I don't know if he's meaning to be angry, but you get like, What's the yams? The yams going down to Richard Bryant! And it's like, ooh, hello. Um, sorry, that might have been a bit loud. Uh, the most forgettable track was MGMT in the afternoon. It's shit. It's dog shit. And you could easily forget that it was playing while it was playing, which I don't think is what uh what mgmt were going for first day total times i listened it through 4.3 times so four times through and then three extra songs uh dire absolutely dire so we moved on to day two where i decided i was going to try and find my favorite moments in each song so i'll go through my favorite song on day two was walk like a panther which was the song i had the most interesting um, relationship to because it was some days my favourite and some days grated me more so than I can really ever explain so yeah it was it was just, it was hard 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 work um, my least favourite and most forgettable song simultaneously was the Biffy song I was so surprised that Liam chose such a shit Biffy Clyro song for this exercise um, the boys have given me their notes on what they thought it would be like. I might do that in the second episode. I haven't decided yet. I might never read it out. Because uh, I, I, who knows? Who knows? Um, and my favourite moments were some of the panning they had in the songs. Which is going to be some of my... Um, the... Um, like the favorite moments that I'm about to go on to because when they pan the or pan something hard right and hard left basically it only comes out of one ear of your headphone or it's uh, primarily within one side of your headphones if you're wearing good headphones during it is what panning does and it makes you feel like it's when you know you listen to something and you feel like you're stuck in the middle of a conversation between two voices because they pan them to each side um it builds some depth to the music so uh yeah brilliant work done there i'll explain it like in mustafa uh the the instantly forgettable and slightly grating queen anthem um there's a call and answer with the guitar um when they pan so freddie and one's going mustafa ibrahim and then you get uh mr may i assume and the other side giving you some big licks on the guitar 
and that was ace. I thought it was really well done. Um, Alaplage. I haven't spoke much about Alaplage, the second song uh, by Junior. It's a French song, and it was yeah, it was quite enjoyable to be honest. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, and <laughs> you can tell I'm distracted, and I've just got to do this, so I'm trying to get it done. I meant to do this a week ago. Uh, I haven't listened to these songs in five days. I'm trying my best. But in Alaplage, there's a bit where it comes into the chorus and the guitar that leads into that is really nice. Um, Yeah, it's just a really sort of builds up a bit of dynamic energy in the song that's really fucking cool and grips you. Um, Because, yeah, you've got no fucking clue what they're saying unless you speak French, which I do not. So that was an interesting one to try and decipher. Didn't know what they were just saying, but I thoroughly enjoyed what they were doing. Walk Like a Panther. Um, that song had a really cool sort of like stylophone over the top of it a bit that I really enjoyed. That's the bit I enjoyed the most. It was my favourite song and that was all I really enjoyed. I just had quite a fun time with it. It's basically a song with useless metaphors in it. Um, useless similes, sorry, Walk Like a Panther. I'm so sorry for all you literary buffs out there, Drew. Um, then In the Afternoon, which was my least favourite, um, uh, one of my least favourite songs, uh, my most forgettable from day one. Um, it's the way they say candy during it. They don't say it like that at all either. Um, but it's very mopey. But um, it took me a while to figure out that that was my favourite bit because I couldn't tell you. The last dinner party song, Nothing Matters. It's the opening, mu- opening musical scales that the vocalist does because they do a perfect sort of... But she sings it really sort of like a classically trained sort of almost verging on operatic without but more musical singing voice. Um Wow, I mean, if that wasn't immaculately explained, I don't know what was. The King Kunta, again, what the yams had to be up there with the favourites. Um, but also the opening bit, Kenny Lamb comes in with, I got a bone to pick. You motherfucker dooba 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 done my home again. So he's basically, he's coming in and he's taking back what was his bait, or like coming in going, I'm the kid now, you fucking, I'm top drawer. And they've just got a guy who frequently uses the N-word that I'm not going to say, but he just pans from your left ear to your right ear as he's getting pulled out, and it never failed to make me laugh once. Never once did I think that wasn't hilarious. Um, And I listened to it 26 times in a row, essentially. Uh, It was brilliant. It's still (laughs) the idea. If I had time, I'd pan that from left to right, but I'm not going (laughs) to. A uh, time after time, classic Cindy Lauper song, and my favourite bit of it is when the guy comes in in the chorus. He's sort of singing higher than Cindy is until there's one bit where she goes, "I'll be waiting." That wee bit where she really goes for it. It's almost like she's getting a bit pissed off that she's no the the head of the song and like being a bit overtaken by this guy. So just goes, "I'm gonna give you big licks now and go for it." Um, Giles Corey my favourite moment in that song there's the big hit that comes six and a half minutes in for the last minute and a half that's entirely unearned but is 
quite cool. Air away, fuck it, and then boom, goes down uh, and gives you some actual uh, something intriguing, or you think it's intriguing until you realise he's just doing the same bit as before, but louder. Um, also, the audacity before that, he's got a movement I might call it of um, a minute and a half to two minutes, where he just plays the same like three or four notes eight times in a row and that's like it's i don't the way my brain wants to describe it it's it's like unpleasurable edging and i don't know why that's that's the flies in the face of edging um but that's that's i can't believe i just explained it like that that doesn't make sense biffy biffy Quiro, my favourite part of the song is realising that he's not a golden god. Simon Neal isn't a golden god of screaming and singing. His voice cracks and his screaming shit. Um, and then Narcisse, the last song, is the way they say passion. They both say it really nice. Narcisse is an our French song by Film Noir. And uh, it, yeah, it's it's really good actually. It's the perfect opening credit song. You can see like the guy uh, drive someone uh, like a French detective series where a detective uh, drives up in the moped and flicks his cigarette away before going in to solve crimes and you get all the names and the freeze frames. It, it's a cool song actually. I, I genuinely am happy that Jim got that into my life. Um, and I believe that might have been his album of the week last week um, was that, uh, that act. So do listen to that. Total listens on day two is 3.7. So I'm up to eight at this point. And day three is when the real, the real grumpies hit. Because I was not in a good place. And I decided I'm going to do my least favourite moment from each song because I was fucking raging. My favourite song that day was Narcisse because I loved it. Uh, The Passion. And it's probably the least offensive. Uh, My least favourite song was Mustafa by Queen. I don't know why, but that started. I think it's because when I walked out the house in a bad mood, put it on and you've got this echo chamber um freddy doing ibrahim and it's very echoey and i uh, my favorite moment of the listens that day was me shouting shut the fuck up freddy into nothing as i walked because i was so angry with him um the most forgettable song was giles corey uh whatever the fuck it's called because it's incense it's it's nonsense nothing the only thing i could say about that song is that they can play instruments nothing there's no musical net merit in it whatsoever um yeah so my least favorite moment in each song mustafa it was the opening echo as i say that really fucking grated me for the next three days i was so annoyed every time it came on (laughs) and it really it really badly affects your mental health Think of it like every time you go for a walk or do something like that, you're meant to be like, get into zone out, listen to what you want and relax. And that was taken away from me essentially for work. And the fact I'd done it myself didn't help, but it was just so upsetting. Um, least favorite moment from uh, Ala Plage is the musical interludes because I felt like they didn't really do anything. There was no need for them. Walk Like a Panther is the insane nonsense lyrics. Um, because the the um the chorus you've got to um fly like an eagle, prowl like a lion in Africa, jump like a salmon, fall from the stream, 
you've got to stay if you're gonna stay here with me you've got to walk like a panther tonight walk like a panther and i started getting really into it and thinking what does he mean because i figured it out the next day but i don't fucking know <laughs> in the afternoon the whiny vocals were the worst part of it because he just sounds like he's fucking pissed off and nay bothered the whole time in the afternoon he's fucking whiny little bitch face <laughs> the last dinner party nothing matters um in the version i listened to on the on the uh the, the boys gave me it always fed out uh, um faded out a bit in the chorus where they say fuck um and it really started i just i wanted them to say fuck interestingly i played that song at a quiz i ran one night and the version i decided to play didn't fade out fuck so that was good in the middle of the pub uh the king kunta least favorite part is probably the they have a um like fallen why fallen back and forth between the female backing vocalists and a male sort of backing vocalist and it goes on too long bit repetitive nothing that interesting time after time i have a conspiracy theory about time after time because the drumming was shit in it and the drumming is out of time and obviously at a point um this uh something i think the last thing uh, that cindy Lauper says tries to write inside with the drum beats out of time which doesn't rhyme rhyme and time rhyme not inside and time so i think that's just a quote maybe they were on their last take and cindy was doing a live recording with everyone and at one point just you know as a wee joke he sang the drum beats out of time this could be a well-established thing uh it might not be but i'm convinced that that was no meant to be out of time and old cindy was no fool no fool <laughs> Giles Corey, the first six and a half minutes, the worst part of that song. And the last minute and a half, no much better. Uh, Biffy's nonsense screaming uh, noises. Because he um, doesn't really say... I tried to understand what he was saying as he was screaming. And you can usually figure it out with Biffy. But in that song, you couldn't in the slightest. And he's... Uh, what he? Well, well. Um, lay, lay your boogie. Where'd you bet, Joe? Says something about being an animal or something, but it's just nonsense. I tried to figure it out one day and gave up pretty quickly. Um, Narcisse, I didn't really have a least favourite moment. It's so inoffensive, and it was my favourite song of the day, so that made sense. Three plays that day, three too many. I'm on 11 at this point, and I'm going fucking nuts. Day four was my biggest play day. I had a quiz a bit further to walk to, so I played it pretty much five times, 4.9 times. Um, my favourite song of that day was King Kunta because it was the only bit thing that made me laugh the whole day. The only thing that brought me joy. Uh, least favourite was Walk Like a Panther in an incredibly quick fall from Grace because it started really annoying me. In the afternoon, still forgettable. Uh, my favourite moments, I had two for this, and it was seeing someone who I could accurately describe as walking like a panther. I don't know what happened, but his top half and bottom half were slightly off-piste from each other. We're really straight leg walking with a sort of bent sassy top half walk it was really interesting to watch i also um realized the impracticality of police horses while i was walking past uh, easter road because they had a hips match on 
and there were two police on horses and I just thought well that's not really practical in today's modern age to have police or I don't know why we still have them other than being a bit daunting this day I tried to guess what each song was about and I'm going to run through that real quickly because I have talked for a long time about this and this is going to be two parts uh, I'll go through these and then we'll give final thoughts on uh, the next one uh, the next episode and uh, might round this off with a story and round next week's episode off with a story so what is each song about um, according to a man who listened to them 16 times by the end of the day Mustafa is about some kind of prayer about a sinner I don't know I don't speak the language that they were saying it sounds like a um, sort of uh, Islamic prayer or something um, would be what I would imagine, but I don't know. I know that Freddie Mercury um, is originally from, not to be insensitive, I'm not entirely sure where, but potentially a Muslim or Islamic country. So um, a Muslim country or Islamic country. So I don't really, that's that's my guess for that one. A La Plage is about lovely people to look at so because they say something about sexual or something in it so lovely people look at some sexy people meeting at the plage don't know what the plage is if anyone does please write in uh, i could have looked this up didn't bother walk like a panther is about getting back out there after a breakup and the um ideals presented in that song start to get a bit problematic when you listen to it 16 times in the afternoons about a calm down the last dinner party is about fucking to avoid life. Nothing matters. Because um, you can fuck me if you want to and I will fuck you like nothing matters is the chorus. So it's sort of self-explanatory. King Kunta is about uh, sort of being the king of rappers uh, and it sort of feels like it's a diss track as well towards someone being out of the rap world for the entirety of my life other than not liking Eminem um, and having occasional beef with various rappers on this podcast i'm pretty sure um yeah i just thought that it's it sounded like there was a bit of a diss track going on there um because he says something about a rapper with a ghostwriter and then he goes oh i promised i wouldn't tell but you shouldn't have a ghostwriter that's i'm not that's not that's not the lyrics exactly but it's close enough um yeah Time After Time is about commitment to loving and being there for someone, pretty obviously. Giles Corey's song, he says, says something about a bridge of scythes and about it like a birth but being in reverse. I don't quite know what he means there. Um, and I don't want to go into it too far because I tried to. So I'm just going to say that song's about dying. Uh, <laughs> Bonus of Death Grip by Biffy is about the breakdown of a relationship and the breaking down through the song where he starts to scream when it gets messy. And Narcisse, Narcisse, thought it might be about a passionate narcissist. Judging by Narcisse is a bit like Narcissist. And my favourite thing in it is when they say, passion. Uh, so yeah, five listens. Day five and six. Uh, day five, I just did a simple thing. I listened to it 3.9 times. Um, I did a long walk home because it was really sunny. And I regretted it the second I realised I had to put on my fucking headphones. I was not a, not a happy chappy this day. My favourite song was A La Plage because it was pleasant. My least favourite song was In The Afternoon because it was shit. The most forgetful thing was the whole playlist because I kept on forgetting I was listening to something. This day I thought I'd write down my favourite lyric. Didn't because I couldn't be bothered. 
Um, my favourite moment was when I was on the waters of Leith and I watched a heron, a big grey heron, beat a big worm fish thing for its dinner and like smack its head and then it tried, the worm thing got away in the end. But it was really interesting because it was like a really big black wormy thing. It was very strange. Um, day six, I had no feelings or ideas or anything. I listened to it 3.2 times. And then day seven, I think I listened to it an R three times and just rated them all. But I'll go into my ratings next week, I think, and give you the final positions of all of these songs on my playlist for a week. Now, before we go, I'm going to leave you with something. Um, a few weeks ago, a friend of the podcast, Drew, got in touch with me, um, enjoying the bus stop uh, anecdote that I told from when we were kids. And I thought, I'd get him to write us another couple of songs, another couple of songs, another couple of tales from Drew and Dougal's childhood that were funny. Um, so he wrote two, I think, and I'm going to read you the first one now. Uh, so this is how we're going to end today. Uh, get you psyched for next week where I tell you my ratings and read out what the boys thought I would think of it <laughs> in the least work I've ever done for an episode. Um, so this is um, this is what Drew Drew has. I'll tease some of the stories that he's uh, he's gonna write. Um, so some of the chapters you might have to look forward to in the future are old men that are scared of communism, man that doesn't understand first bus, sharing a redacted with a homeless man, trouble in the noose and monkey, weird weekend at your dad's, or Marco at tea in the park. So, we're going to start with the um, sharing and redacted with a homeless man. This is written by Drew, full credit to him. And after this, we will leave you. So, thank you very much for listening. It's been a pleasure as always. I'll be back next week. Then we got two solos with Liam while we try and figure out some time together and get away from the busy summer times. Uh, thank you very much. Take it away. Storytime with Drew, read by Dougal. Ah, Much of my time in Edinburgh has been viewed through the lens of visiting Dougal, usually in the company of Andy, and usually involves excesses of various descriptions. The Tuna Boot boys are all more well-versed in Edinburgh than I am, but from my limited scope, I believe in the stereotype of Edinburgh being a loser, more artful and more pretentious... Ah, nope of Edinburgh being a looser, more artful and more pretentious city than the rest of Scotland's repertoire. I have examples to support this notion, like a friend of a friend of Dougal's emptying a salt shaker on a table in the Tron bar and making art with her finger in the mess with nary a blink from the other tables surrounding us. However, my hypothesis is best proven by a day we spent visiting Dougal, where unfortunately he had to work on the day in a feat of planning and organisation typical of both myself and Dougal's standard. Instead, myself and Andy were left in the care of Dougal's French lodger, a friendly girl with excellent English and a typical, typically French dexterity when it came to rolling cigarettes. Anyway, we decided since it was a nice day, we would go to the beach to kill a little time, grab something to eat and return to Dougal's flat in the afternoon in time to reconvene for a reviving beverage or two with our absence friends once he had returned from his day's work. Arriving at the beach, we had a lovely saunter down the front and found a free seat on a bench where we decided the sea and sunshine would be greatly enhanced by some redacted. So our French friend artfully rolls up while I purchase some coffees from a nearby stand. 
I sit down and I'm giving the honour of operating the lighter and I'm in the process of inhaling deeply as a couple of police officers saunter past. I cartoonishly decide that if I don't exhale, they won't notice that it isn't tobacco in my hand. And our French guide smiles disarmingly at the police while I sit next to her looking like a chihuahua that's been caught with his head in a jar of peanut butter. Drew's sentences are really long, I'm so sorry. The officers smile in return, no doubt taking in my boggle-eyed, cheek-puffed face and thinking about how much of a saint she is for caring for such a bizarrely afflicted man. And they carry on their way. An eternity later I exhale in release in relief and pass to the left. The rest of the day passes uneventfully and we have a lovely time. Retire to Dougal's flat and have a few beers, then have a few more once Dougal gets home. We decide a smoke break is in order. Our French pal does our magic with the cigarette papers and we head outside into the cool Edinburgh night for a smoke. This time it's not me who is interrupted while holding the redacted, but Dougal. A man shuffles past the path to Dougal's door, where we are standing. However, when his nose catches the scent of our unusual cigarette, his head locks in place, despite his feet carrying on their way. For a moment, we can see only flaring nostrils and a freakishly extended neck before the rest of his body gets the message and returns to its rightful place beneath his unkempt head. You guys smoking a redacted? asks our interloper. Like four rabbits beneath a floodlight, we freeze. I'm standing nearest the fellow, and this man is either a member of the unhoused fraternity or the mayor of Edinburgh, based on his appearances and my prejudices. The moment stretches out for a long time, far too long for comfort, before Dougal breaks the spell. Yeah, and he holds out towards and he holds it towards our new friend. He accepts with great vigour, giving me an impressive sample of scent aura as he reaches past my head to accept the preferred gift. Following proper etiquette, he takes a couple drags, comments politely on the quality of the smoke before passing to the left. To me, this is a problem. Nope, before passing to the left. To me. The problem is, I've had a good look at this bloke's teeth now and judge... I'd be a whole lot safer keeping my mouth far from anything associated with his dentistry, using the kind of ingenious engineering only available to people that are redacted. I use my hands to form a vacuum seal and manage to smoke without touching my mouth to the redacted. We call that a drugan where I'm from. The rest of our group, in an act of unforgivable treachery, suddenly decide as one that they've had their fill of smoking for the day and all refuse my pass. The only option remaining is our newest friend. I hand it over. There is an unspoken agreement. We are all in accord. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. He shuffles off, half a redacted richer. And we are all richer for a new friendship that lasted approximately as long as a documentary on French war heroes. Though I wouldn't vocalise that to our French comrade. She's on rolling duty for the next one. Good night. Skish, skish, <laughs> belush, motherfuckers. <laughs>